Welcome to Off the Board Sports. We are three professional sports handicappers. In each podcast episode, we will give three to five free sport picks to our listeners. We will also dive into the hottest sports topics around the globe and offer our opinions. Let's get right into our show before our picks are taken off the board. Welcome to another edition of Off the Board Sports. After Thanksgiving, hope you guys all had a good Thanksgiving out there, but we got some big uh, sporting events today and some big college pivotal matchups as well as championships in the early in-season tournaments for the college basketball as we got an NFL game on Black Friday as well as the Miami Dolphins travel to New York. And we all know what's going on with the Jets situation right now. Maybe Aaron Rodgers coming back in a couple of weeks as this could be a big game, getting back in the hunt. Maybe you try to fight one of, for one of those last uh, wild card spots in the AFC. But, Juan, first we're going to be recapping yesterday in the NFL games. Green Bay looked really good, dominated that game from tip to start. In all honesty, got off to a fast start, opening touchdown on the first drive. Got a couple of turnovers, was able to get the fumble and score on that as well. And Jordan Love played well for the second consecutive week and uh, five and six for the Packers. Yeah, you just mentioned about Jordan Love. I said yesterday about the breakout game against Los Angeles. Again, yesterday was flawless. Um, you talk about his stats, turnover free. Uh, and he did exactly what he did against L.A. Uh, three touchdowns, no uh, turnovers. And then again, A.J. Dillon uh, had 43 yards, did what he could in the running game. But it was really Christian Watson, Romeo DeBras, Jalen Reed. Uh, Detroit's defense, we know what they do. They don't have the greatest of uh, defenses in the NFL. And you just talked about the Packers getting off to that huge lead, forcing those turnovers early, getting that big lead. And then the Lions just have an uphill battle from there. But, yeah, Green Bay, was the plus eight was safe. And then money line, if a lot of people out there had it, I had something small on the money line. But I knew the plus eight was a solid gift yesterday in this one. Yeah, going to Big D, Dallas 45 over the Washington Commanders. This game was close. Commanders uh, had a couple of chances in the third quarter to – Get back in the game. They went for it on a couple of fourth and ones. They did not convert. Dallas was able to stop them. And from there, it was an onslaught. 25-0 in the fourth quarter for the Cowboys. They piled it on on their rival. And Sam Howell, we knew what he was going to do. Robinson had a decent game out of the backfield. But Prescott, again, uh, a lot of people thinking this guy should be in the NFL, uh, excuse me, NFL MVP conversation. Uh, but, again, he played again. Uh, he talked about their schedule yesterday. After the, this game yesterday, uh, they got some really four grueling games. We'll see how good uh, Dak Prescott can be in there. Uh, but the Cowboys looked impressive. No one really thought the Commanders was going to give them a bit of a worry in this game, and they certainly took care of business like they were supposed to. Yeah, you just talked about the updated odds after yesterday. Dak Prescott goes to plus 750, and he's certainly in the running. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, the favorite. Lamar Jackson right behind him. Patrick Mahomes. And then, of course, Tua has a big game today against their division foe. But, yeah, Dak Prescott certainly in that uh, conversation for now. Yeah, and uh, certainly is. But uh, going to the Thursday night game, Seattle and San Francisco. Yeah. We both said uh, San Francisco in this game. And uh, they took care of business, won 31-13. Seattle really was up against it, and now they're going to be even up against it going to Dallas next week, losing two consecutive games. Story of the game, Kenneth Walker was out. They just couldn't get anything on the running game against that San Francisco front. Purdy played another efficient game like he's done his whole career, 21 out of 30, nothing too impressive there. Defense took care for the San Francisco 49ers, and the Seahawks uh, couldn't get anything going on the offensive side of the ball. 
Yeah, they certainly couldn't. Uh, you know, this game was going to be an uphill battle for Seattle. San Francisco's just been rolling since that bye week. They've healthy. They added Chase Young, Randy Gregory on that line, uh, along with Bosa, along with Armstead. Uh, and then you talk about one of the best uh, linebackers in the game, Fred Moore, Warner, and then you talk about Greenlaw. Uh, they, this team has just picked up what they did early in the season. But, yeah, um, this game was not even close in, in the mind. We both had San Francisco. Yeah, getting into the day slate in college football, college basketball, got – Four free picks, went 2-2 two and two yesterday, but uh, one, uh, on the eve of rivalry week and a couple of rivalry games a day we're going to be getting into and a couple of other games that are, uh, catches my eye in terms of futures that we have here in terms of the Mountain West, Air Force, Boise State, winner will be playing UNLV. That's a big game there as well. We all know that the UTS San Antonio Roadrunners and Tulane is a big conference game there as well down in New Orleans. Uh we got Iowa-Nebraska there as well. But uh, what game catches your eye? I know, obviously, we're going to be talking about the Civil War, the nightcap of that game. But before that, uh, anything else uh, you want to touch on the college football on this Friday? Well, it's going to probably be Air Force and Boise State. You know, Air Force hasn't been the same since their quarterback went out. They won't be with him today. Yep. But they know they have to win this game to be in the Mountain West like they were a year ago for the championship. I think they'll be up for it. I think the spread is a little bit too high. I'm actually liking Air Force at this at plus seven. You know, Boise State, they've been rolling the last couple of weeks against uh, weaker opponents in the Mountain West. But um, I think Air Force will, will keep this game within the seven. I think the running game, time of possession, keep Boise off the field and try to wear them down on the, on the line scrimmage. You know, Air Force has been struggling like that past three weeks. Uh, they let a ton of yards to the air against you and Allen V, 365 yards, and that's not who they are. They get back to their defense, they'll be okay in this one. Yeah, and you look at Boise State, a team that's been very inconsistent from the start of the season. 5-2 and two in conference play, though. And you mentioned with the Air Force Falcons that losing three consecutive games, it really spiraled from the Army game. They went over on the island in Hawaii and lost there 27-13 and then lost a close one against UNLV. Uh, Boise State, you know what these, both of these teams are going to try to do is establish the run. We know what Air Force is going to do, and we know Gentry is one of the best running backs in the Mountain West. And Green there as well. They don't really like to throw the ball a lot. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, yeah. time-of-possession type of game. And, yeah, I, I do believe the line's a little high right here. Like I said, Boise has not looked good in some of the conference games this year. They were able to get a couple of wins, came back. Uh, but minus seven at home at Boise State, I was expecting minus four, minus five. But, yeah, I do think they win this game. Uh, I think it's a field goal type of game, though, but I think Boise does, does get in the Mountain West. Yeah, I can definitely see this within the seven going to either way if Air Force does pull off this upset. But let's get back into it's a light day today in the college football world. I mean, we've got more games tomorrow, more meaningful games tomorrow. You want to get into the Civil War down there in uh, Eugene? I mean, this line is at 14, so they're, yeah, they're obviously, expecting Oregon to pretty much roll through this. Yeah, obviously, this is a big rivalry game up in the Pacific Northwest. Got Oregon State in Oregon. Bo Nix has played lights out all season long. And like we talked about last week, uh, you know, the Heisman odds, this is their final chance to prove him and Daniels are right neck and neck with each other. And you got DJ Ugolaga that comes in here and uh, played well last week. You know, conditions weren't great in Corvallis. Martinez had a good game, 100-yard running game last week as well. Uh, but the game here is going to be a little bit different. I think Oregon knows what's at stake. A win gets them in the Pac-12 title, keeps their college football playoffs alive. Oregon State, they're eliminated from the Pac-12, but they're still going to be up for this game. And like I said, with the rivalry game, 
And also, I mean, Arizona still has an outside chance of getting in, and then that would have to take the Beavers beating Oregon, and they would have to take care of business against their rival in Arizona State. But I think Oregon will be focused here at home. A little bit of a revenge game like last year in uh, Corvallis where they made tons of mistakes. Bonex fumbled, went for it on a couple of questionable third and shorts, fourth and short play calling there again. And Oregon State was able to prevail in that one. But I expect a tight physical game, as it always is between these two. And I think uh, I think Oregon State will keep it close, but Oregon wins this game. Yeah, I think the spread is way too high for this uh, magnitude of this Civil War, this rivalry. You saw how, what happened a year ago in Corvallis. I think it's a revenge spot for Bo Nix. I think he plays extremely well, as he did all year, you mentioned. I think Oregon keeps this, or excuse me, Oregon State keeps this within the 14, but the Ducks win. Um, let's get quickly into my first free pick. It's going to be going back to the Big Ten, early kickoff. Out in the Midwest. I'm going uh, under 25 in this Iowa-Nebraska game. You know what you're going to get with these two teams. Tremendous defense. The offenses have been just way too inconsistent all season for both sides. Nebraska has been better ever since making the QB change. But I think Iowa's defense will be a lead again, electric today. And you talked about Nebraska trying to get their sixth win to become bowl eligible. I think the under don't be... Fold out there, you know, everybody's going to be jumping on this over 25 and a half. I'm going under. I think the weather, the wind's going to be about 20, 25 miles per hour, and it's going to be raining, cloudy. It's going to be treacherous uh, to get the ball in the end zone, and the kicking game's going to be uh, pivotal. A lot of teams are going to be going, going for it on fourth downs. I, I think this is just going to go way under. I could see a 10-3 game, 10-6 game. I can just see not a either one getting a touchdown in this game. I could see just a field goal game, 9-6, something like that. But this game would definitely go the under. Don't be fooled, though. Yeah, and I totally agree with on the under here as well. 25 points, uh, lowest in history, you <laughs> said, right? Yeah, over the last decade, De- there okay. hasn't been a game under thir- 27 points. I mean, if you 20s. just look at Iowa's last five games, you yeah. know, 15-6, 12-10, 10-7, 22-0, yeah. 15, 13, all five of them, or four of the five went under 25. So, yeah. I can, all five of them did, actually. Four of the five. Oh, yeah, except for uh, Illinois. Yeah. Barely going all the, over there. And look at but, Nebraska. You know, yeah. they played tight games. Uh, they had a winning record. They dropped three in a row. Uh, they were five and three, but they played everyone tough. You know, at Michigan State, not an easy place to play. Lost by three. Lost by three at home against Maryland. Yeah. And then they battled in Madison, Wisconsin. A tough place to play as well on the road. And they went forced that game in overtime, unable to get the job done. But now, uh, again, going to be, well, they want to play for a bowl, obviously, but uh, again, neither quarterback is going to really wow you in either factor, and now Nebraska's down to their third quarterback with Purdy. Yep, that's the younger brother, Brock Purdy, and he's going to be getting the start today. He can hurt you on the ground, so we'll see if he... uh Creates a spark like there, uh, like his brother did in the NFL. Yeah, it seems like a, a lot of people are watching him get his uh, chance for Nebraska. They're down to their third quarterback. You just mentioned that's another reason why this under is very low against that yep. Iowa Hawkeyes defense. And I'm actually surprised Nebraska's favored in this matchup. Iowa's nine and two, top twenty-five yeah. team. Well, they got the Big Ten wrapped up, and they'll well, be in the championship. Yeah, game. but this is a rivalry game. They just don't want to yeah. beat their rival. Of Big course. rivalry game. Yeah, yeah. so um, that's why I'm a little shocked. The lower team, um, Nebraska, is favored at home. I'm a little surprised there. But um, we'll see. I actually like Iowa and uh, the under-25. Marco, let's get into your free pick. Yeah, college basketball going out here near uh, where we are in San Diego, USC, Oklahoma. I had a chance to watch USC a lot this year with all the hype they were getting. Uh, wasn't too impressed with the game yesterday against Cian Hall. They got up big. They actually let Cian Hall get back in that game. They were up 20 points. Uh, they were able to get the, uh, close the deal out, but I did not like how they were playing in the second half. And I know all the attention with uh, Isaiah Collar, who's a hell of a player. 
Uh, but you look at this Oklahoma team in the Big 12 with Peter Moser and his third year here, finally getting in some of the recruits he wants. 5-0, and had a big win against Iowa, looked good. They played really good defense. They get after it, they're physical, and they were able to keep that high-powered offense uh, in bay. You know, Iowa was averaging 80, 90 points. They only allowed 67. They got two really good guards in McCollum and O.A., and you got two really good forwards in Hung Lee, the fifth, and Moore, who can hurt you in the paint. And I think that's going to be where this game's wanted to USC's got a couple of big guys as well. And also the guard with Boogie Ellis and, again, Isaiah Collier. Uh, but I think Oklahoma has, more, Oklahoma has more depth. I like them to win this game. I'm going to go ahead and take them plus two and a half. Yeah, I'm just going to make a quick point for Oklahoma. You, you, you think this could be a good year for them and going into the Big 12. I'm going to strongly disagree with this. They get their chance against the top 25 team today. Yeah. But, you know, they play nobody early through the season this fall. Well, that's, well, that's everybody, but yeah. Yeah, but if you look at the schedule, they played Central Michigan, Mississippi, I mean, they beat Iowa. Mississippi Valley State, Texas State, and then Texas Rio Grande. Those are very weak teams. But you talk about Iowa yesterday, what they shot from the field. If you look at the stats quickly, this isn't the Iowa teams we saw this far from themselves. They were 4 for 23 from the three-point line. And, you know, they're the number one team with a turnover-to-possession ratio. They had 16 turnovers against this Oklahoma defense. So I think that was a sloppy game for Iowa. As you saw what Creighton did against Colorado State, that's not the Creighton team we're going to be seeing all year. It was just a, a really bad game for both of those teams. I think, uh, like you said, um, Oklahoma get their chance today against a quality team, USC. Let's see what, uh, what they're made of. I mean, this line is um, certainly favoring the Sooners. But uh, we'll see. USC is a very talented team they, themselves. You saw Joshua Morgan had a career-high 11 blocks yesterday against the Hall. Yeah. And that was impressive what, what he did on the defensive end. A lot of, in, yeah, a lot of USC, people's mind actually there's no doubt. kept him in that game. Yeah, there's no doubt they have a couple of good players. Like you said, Morgan really not an offensive threat. More no. there for his defensively. All-Pac-12 defensive team a year ago. Yeah, one of the best in the Pac-12. Yeah. Yes. And you got Kobe Johnson there. You know, he's a, another probably the third best player after uh, Collier and Alice, but uh, they're yeah. a little thin on the bench, in my opinion. We'll see how it plays out today, but I like how Oklahoma has looked early on, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, USC uh, tends to struggle against teams that uh, play defense, so we'll see what happens. But uh, who's your uh, second pick of the day? Yeah, it's going to be going in this NIT season tip-off. It's going to go Baylor over Florida in this championship final. I like Baylor. I mean, this team's 5-0. and Again, they haven't really been tested ever since they beat Auburn. Yesterday blew out Oregon State. But I like them today, minus three over the Gators. I think the offense is more efficient. I think they have more depth in the Gators. They have the size that can match up with the bigs of Florida. You know, the talented freshman, Walter, has been playing lights out. And then you got the guard with none, um, as well as Dennis, the transfer they got in the transfer portal, RJ Dennis, uh, Ray J. Dennis from uh, Toledo. And then you talked about the size, um, down low with Mesa, Love, Atachawa. But you really look at Florida. They really dominated Pittsburgh last game. They were a big underdog, minus six for the Panthers in that game. And they pulled off an impressive upset win. But um, they haven't really been testing themselves. Again, I think they go a little bit stagnant on the offensive side at time. They get a little bit sloppy with the turnover. I love Clayton Jr. at the point guard position. Really improving, running their offense. But I think Baylor, too much uh, guard play, too much size down low. They're, they're wearing them down in the second half. Yeah, Baylor looks like uh, another Big 12 contender, as uh, we've said all season long. And everybody knows that's a stacked conference. Going to my final pick of the day, going out in the Emerald Coast Classic. I like Alabama here, minus six over Ohio State. Uh, playing in Destin, Florida. A lot of fans from Alabama, again, will be there. 
Ohio State as well. As they all know, they travel well in football or basketball. But I look at this Ohio State team, and I said early on when they were playing Texas A&M, outside Thornton, who's an excellent guard player, and he's an excellent player overall, they don't really have anyone. They have Gailey Jr. who can add some points. Key's very good in the post. Battle the transfer from Minnesota. But look after that. They have nobody off the bench that's going to really threaten you in terms of the scoring-wise. And you look at Alabama. I know we know they have a point lineup. you got a couple of guys in the transfer, Estrada from Hofstra. Yeah. you got Nelson, Stevenson, Pringle. Uh, they got guys that can still hurt you. And you got Mark Sears, a talented, experienced point guard back, and he's going to be mostly, uh, well, the main point guard. Him and Curley was back and forth last year, just splitting time between that position. But uh, it's his position now. Uh, and I think Alabama has enough uh, to blow Ohio State out. It'd be a close game, and a good good test to see where Alabama is this year compared to a year ago, and also for Ohio State, who uh, played Texas A&M tough at home. But this is a neutral side game. I like Alabama minus six on in the tournament here. Yeah, and we're going to be previewing one more game. It's going to be going to the championship out in the battle for Atlantis. It's Memphis against Villanova. What are your thoughts on this matchup? You saw Villanova pull out a thriller win against the North Carolina Tower Hills, Memphis. They did what they needed to do against an Arkansas scrappy team. But this is going to be a very good game. Memphis, again, I'm going to say it again because it seems like it's been out there a long time. It's a trendy, trendy pick for them to do a lot of damage this season, not only headed up into the uh, NCAA tournament. They can make a deep run. A lot of uh, people are thinking that. I have the jury still out on that. I think they haven't really been truly tested. And you just, I mentioned they beat Arkansas, who's been inconsistent early. They beat Michigan, uh, Missouri on the road, that rivalry game earlier in the year. But I think they were going to be really uh, tested against a really, really good defense with the Villanova today. The question if the Cats are going to have their legs after that thriller yesterday, I think they will. I think Villanova wins this game. But um, Memphis, you can't sleep on this team. They're they're, uh, sneaky good. Yeah, they certainly are. Uh, I have Villanova for the battle for Atlantis. I have them uh, in the tournament here as well. And, man, Eric Dixon had a a heck of a game yesterday. This guy is really, really good. 6'8". He's a small forward. He plays that power forward center position for the Cats. A little bit undersized as a team. Uh, But this guy keeps playing the way he is. He's going to be an excellent NBA player. And his draft stock is going to keep going up and up. Uh, you got Burton. He was quiet yesterday. You got T.J. Bamba, the experienced transfer there as well. Again, quiet yesterday was the Eric Dixon show. Yeah. Uh, Justin Moore came on alive late there, and he had a good game and had some key drives that was able to get uh, into the paint against that uh, UNC defense. But, again, Memphis wants to get out and sprint. They want this game in the upper 70s and 80s, and then Villanova's going to play what they always do. They're going to play great defense. They're going to get physical after you. They're going to make it tough on you. They're going to rebound. They're going to make their free throws. Uh, Memphis is a good team. You know, I looked at them in the beginning of the year because of what they had a year ago. They get David Jones, the transfer from St. John's, currently the transfer from Alabama. They got a talented team there down in Memphis, but – I like Villanova. I like Villanova here. I think they have a better team, a little bit better coaching staff, in my opinion. And I like them to get the job done today here and get a, get another future for us here at Off the Board Sports. Yeah, certainly that one will be one to watch. Um, that's going to be wrapping it up for us today. You got our four free picks as well as an action-packed day. We're going to be uh, previewing, of course, Michigan-Ohio State tomorrow morning. A lot of topics around that with Jim Harbaugh. Is it going to play a factor? We'll see. 
And, of course, we have some other good games tomorrow. Um, uh, again, uh, some meaningful games in the Big 12, as well as uh, the Pac-12. Washington has a big game in the Apple, uh, the Apple game with their insane rival. But that's going to be joining us for today. Uh, Thank you for listening morning. to Off the Board Sports. For any inquiries regarding our paid services, please email us at offtheboardsports at gmail.com. We invite you to follow us on Twitter at OtheBoardSports and Instagram at OffTheBoardSports. Thank you and best of luck.